Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Good evening, Bodhisattvas. Good morning. Good middle of the night to some of you. Wonderful to be together. Today is the sixth day of our practice period. Last night, our Dharma brother, Paul, in his embodied way, shared his expression of the Dharma. For me, very beautiful expression. Exploring what does it mean to actually practice beyond ideas. Beyond ideas. And today, the text that we are looking at is seemingly a very simple, straightforward paragraph. For Zazen, a quiet room is best. Eat and drink modestly. Give up all deluding relationships and set everything aside. Do not think of good or bad, right or wrong. Do not interfere with the workings of your mind. Nor try to control the movements of your thoughts. Give up the idea of becoming a Buddha. Zazen has nothing whatsoever to do with whether you're sitting upright or lying down. I remember reading this many years ago. Whenever that was. I'm feeling so grateful for the instructions for me and what I needed to do. How I could set up my practice space. How I should function. But what I didn't see was actually is that he's not saying that. Not just 
Remember, this is universal recommendation. He didn't say for you. But how to be in the universe. To be here with Deborah's garden. To be here with Shannon's kid. Be with our, each other in the midst of our lives. But today, what is striking me about this text is that real importance of the way I have always understood Gasho, which is the self and the universe together. When we're bowing, we're bowing to that which creates no separation. So for Zazen, a quiet room is best. Today, I've been thinking about this being quiet, this room. This room in our cabeza. And I've also been thinking about for zazen, for practice, a quiet room for sangha is best. How do we contribute to creating a quiet room for sangha? How do we work with our preferences and anxieties and all the stuff we have? So that for Zazen, a quiet room is best. Harmony. How do you care for both your practice space at home? You know, I was talking to a few people today who were very inspired and it was actually beginning to set up their first altar in their house. So beautiful. Finding a place of ritual inside of our home. And how do we also think about in the different ways, whether we're physically there or not, how are we even in this Zoom Zendo? How are we creating quiet and caring for this space, for our physical space? What does quiet actually mean? been reflecting also just on that word itself. What does quiet mean? When we have a lot to do, we feel pressed, pulled in different directions. What is that quiet room? And how do we care for that quiet room? 
in our body, in our mind, in the body and mind of the Sangha. How are we caring for that? I remember we have a Sangha member who actually sewed the precepts into their Zafu because they felt that they wanted to be reminded every time they're sitting that they're sitting for the three treasures, for Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, not just for themselves. How do each of us think about how we can cultivate that quiet, both in our homes, in our minds, and in Sangha. How do we participate in all of this with a sense of equality? So it's not just about my thing, not just about your thing, it's about Oh, ah, just coming into the softness. How do you do that? very easy to get caught up in your own thing. I don't think anyone needs to practice that. Get more self-involved. How are, how I'm doing and how you feel like I'm doing and all of that. But truly not even the idea of widening out, but how do you actually widen out to realize like, oh, right. How am I? Cultivating this quiet room. And then he says, eat and drink moderately. How do you eat and drink just enough? You know, the word for oryoki, the, the ritual way of eating, means just enough. And I was appreciating that, you know, when we eat together, we have a, quite a long chant before we can eat anything, as most spiritual traditions have. being really aware of all the effort that's gone into the food for it to arrive. And just the fact that you have food. One in nine people in this world don't have food. One in nine. 
So the sincerity in which we appreciate, pause, at least even bow to, my goodness, I can eat whatever this is, my grilled cheese sandwich. It's extraordinary. The privilege of that. There was a bunch of researchers many years ago who researched like how do Buddhist communities actually continue generation after generation? One was monastics and the other one was Sangha. So people completely dedicated their lives focused on the practice. And one is Sangha. You could even say that the tradition itself is only conveyed through Sangha. To me, this is why, you know, Dogen also says, give up all deluding relationships and set everything aside. No problem. What does that even mean? All deluding relationships. What does that mean to give them up? To me, one level is related to the precepts and how easy it is to disparage others, even the Sangos. Let's get a little circle going. But it's also amazing capacity that the potential that every saga also has, which is to say, like, let's not be deluded together. Let's be real about our hurt, about our pain, about our grief. Someone was telling me today about like, They've been grieving. And other people are like, okay, come on, come on. That's enough. To me, the beauty of Sangha is to realize like everyone is in their own time. So trying to hasten other people's process in many ways is not actually embodying that Sangha treasure to realize like, wow, we are one body and I'm really interested in how you are grieving because we actually are together.
What would it be like to set aside? Things that are diluting. Give up all diluting relationships and set everything aside. What are you willing to do to be free? Paul last night talked about waves. To me, it's really impossible to flow with things when we're not setting things aside, holding on to things. Holding on to all kinds of things. where we want to live, where we don't want to live. How we want things to turn out or not to turn out. I think I talked about this the other day too, but there's this wonderful poem from the woman in the time of the Buddha, or she said, you know, I used to be really interested in lucky and unlucky. And I felt that I was lucky if things went the way I wanted them to go. And I was unlucky if they went not the way I wanted them to go. Ever feel like that? Like, oh, I'm so lucky because it worked out how I wanted it to work out. Somehow that's luck. And then she says that, you know, after I really started practicing, I realized that I was felt lucky no matter what happened because I could be there. What would that be like? Just to feel lucky that you can actually experience your grief, your sorrow, your anxiety, and don't have to over-identify. So setting it aside so you don't have to over-identify with any one thing. Ah. For me, that's like a delicious food. You know, mostly how we're formed is through our peer relationships. Things are reinforced. Actually, after, I think it's around after like nine or 10, the behavioral scientists tell us. We're mostly formed by our peer relationships. So how even as adults, we're so influenced by who we're around. 
really important the company you keep. So that's what Dogen's suggesting. Be attentive to that. And so to me, it's all so easy sometimes what happens and people, they go, well, you're a practitioner, then we are aligned. But the Buddha in about 2,600 years ago defined these kinds of people as wise practitioners who are firm in their conviction that spiritual practice is the most important and strong in virtue, generosity, and discernment. So how do you begin to hang with those folks? To me, you know, not just Buddhist people. Like my grandmother was like that. She had was high and strong in her virtue, generosity, and discernment. Or do you kind of surround yourself mostly with people who will agree with you, reinforce some of your conditioning? To me, it's like, how do we step a little bit out? And he says, do not think good or bad, right or wrong. Don't think it. And for me, I'm just so intrigued by Dead Pond's picture turtle. I love, I'm a big fan of sea turtle. How do we just get interested in what's in front of us instead of what we think about? Is this good? Is it bad? Is that a good picture? Not a good picture? Is it right? wrong? What's it like just to rest that and allow for curiosity and wonder? I'm so interested in curiosity and wonder. How about you? What would it be like just to rest in beginner's mind? So shin.
I find that in myself. It's quite delightful. Like in this moment. Looking at each of you in your homes, getting so interested in what's all around you, populates your life. It says, give up the idea of becoming a Buddha. Give up your ideas. Never had ideas about the practice. What drove you crazy? That kept you from actually being intimate. Free. I've had so many freaking ideas. <laughs> My goodness. A litany. Played so many trips on my teachers, so many projections, so I played out so much of my crap. Just like recycling it from decades and just throwing it onto Sangha, throwing it onto my teacher. No problem. Mm. There's not much play. I was working extra hard, which apparently was just needed. I needed to keep meeting that, that barrier that I kept creating until it was the gate. But let me tell you all my ideas about practice didn't help me walk through. But actually learning how to be with all of the gunky ideas oh, and learning how to rest and how to have tenderness and loving those parts of me that actually also have been around for at least 2,700 years. That flow through me too. I needed to also encounter those things and reckon with them. He says, Zazen has nothing whatsoever to do with whether you're sitting upright or lying down. Zazen has nothing whatsoever to do with whether you're sitting upright or lying down. 
it doesn't have to do with the outer posture. Nope. Jodo can tell you like for many, many years, I was like very flexible and like it was like so on point with like every single piece of liturgy, perfect form. I was so into all that stuff. So I didn't understand this line. Not in my bones, not in the marrow of my bones. I was so sure that if I could perfect the upright and lying down, that's how I would be embodying Zazen. No, it was helpful to learn all the forms so that I can pass them along. But it's not the thing itself. This is a spiritual practice of spirit, not a performance. Although I like performance art, this is not performance art. It's about realness. So I'd like to close with a poem by one of our Soto Zen ancestors, Ryo Khan, lived around the sixth or seventh century. And he was a monk, you know, so does a monk who, you know, many people made fun of. And this is about that. But to me, it also speaks to that last line. That Zazen has Nothing whatsoever to do with whether you're sitting upright or laying down. It's called playing with children. Early spring, the landscape is tinged with the first fresh hints of grief. Now I take my wooden begging bowl and wander carefree through the town. The moment the children see me, they scamper off gleefully to bring all of their friends. They're waiting for me at the temple gate, hugging from all sides so I can barely walk. He, I leave my bowl on a white rock hand my pilgrim's bag on a white branch. And first we duel with blades of grass. Then we play ball. While I bounce the ball, they sing the song. Then I sing the song and they bounce the ball. 
caught up in the excitement of the game, we completely forget about time. Passerbys turn and question me. Why are you, monk, carrying on like this? I just shake my head without answering. Even if I were able to say something, how could I explain? Do you really want to know the meaning of it all? This is it. This is it.